Welcome to the Fast Brackets Podcast, where we highlight the cars and stars of top sportsmen and top dragster drag racing. I'm your host, Rex Simmermaker, coming to you from the heart of Indianapolis, the racing capital of the world. Welcome to the show. The Fast Brackets Podcast is presented by DragRaceLawyer.com. DragRaceLawyer.com, legal help on and off the track. Ed Harney, the proprietor of DragRaceLawyer.com, has been a longtime drag racer and well-respected attorney. Use him for all your legal needs. Welcome to the Fast Brackets Podcast. This is episode one. It's the fourth week of April 2019. Here we go. If you like fast bracket racing, this show's for you. If not, no worries. We both swiped right. We had a drink. Didn't work out. As my Australian friends say, no worries, mate. But if you do, welcome to the show. We've got a lot of exciting things going for you. And uh, we're going to talk about today and on a weekly basis for the rest of the season. Uh, briefly, what we do on a weekly basis and the topics we're going to cover, uh, we're going to start with the water box. So we're going to heat them up a little bit with a hot topic to address. Um, for instance, this winter, the NHRA increased the minimum dial by a tenth. So that that's certainly worth discussion. Um, it's a topic that I think we all had certain opinions on. Um, likewise, we might talk about a fast bump spot at a particular race or, or a slow one. Um, any new rules or safety concerns that uh, are important to the growth of our classes. Um, and to that point, we'll have Rich Schaefer on from the NHRA later to, to really get into the details and talk about how we got to the point uh, with, uh, with things like increasing the minimum dial. Um, next up after that, we will put it in the beams with a racer interview. Um, already we've had incredible interest and we've got some great, not, not good, we've got great interviews lined up and it will only get better. And if you're a racer out there, we've already had people express interest, get in, get the podcast karma. We all know this is a humbling sport and um, you need all the help you can get. Um, first up, we've got Kellen Farmer, the uh, first PDRA top dragster elite champion of the year on later to tell us how that race shook down. Really excited to have him talk us through that. Um, after that, we'll have a half-track report um, we'll, where we will cover series points updates, recent event reviews, and upcoming events on the NHRA, both national and divisional level, the PDRA, both in the elite for top sportsmen, top dragster, and their quick 32 classes, and then also the Midwest Pro Mod top sportsmen and top dragster classes. That will uh as we go through the season, that drama will continue to build, and we look forward to updating everyone on the point standings and race results. After that, uh, from time to time, we will get out of the groove. Not every week, but sometimes we'll get out of the groove. So that will be an update on drag racing or a topic or event that isn't top sportsman, top dragster. And while those of you that know me uh, know that I'm not exactly kumbaya. This is this is where we will get kumbaya with the whole drag racing universe. Um, certainly, we want to promote our classes with the Fast Brackets podcast, but 
we want to also encourage other classes to keep an eye on us, and we want to keep an eye on the rest of the classes. It's a, it's a weird thing, and you don't see this in uh, very many other sports, but uh, a lot of times we we talk trash about other classes because we don't do that, and you don't see that very often. Um, for instance, if you're a basketball fan, rarely do you love the NBA and hate high school. Or if you're a football fan, where do you, do you love college football but hate the pros? And so I, sometimes we see that here, and um, this is our attempt to reach out to other classes and make sure that uh, we're all on the same page. So we're going to do our part and uh, help grow the, our classes within the sport. After that, if you're following along down the track, we're going to get the mile-per-hour cone and we're going to get a tech update. Um, we have some exciting manufacturers that want to come on and talk about new products that they're developing. Um, we'll certainly have chassis builders and um, engine builders and, and manufacturers that have new products coming out that as we're updating our cars, um, we want to know the latest and greatest. As we talk, this is a, a very competitive sport, and it's getting tighter and tighter every week. And to have the top, um, the top uh, equipment is is really important. So we're gonna we're gonna cover that on a weekly basis as well. Um, what I will say is, hey, if if you're listening right now, we're glad to have you. If you turned in this, you just caught on to this in episode 27. Give it three weeks. Um, Listen, this thing is going to have a little bit of a different feel than some of the other podcasts out there. It, it's got a little bit different rhythm. We're going to have a good time with this. We're going to inform. And uh, you, you need to listen three weeks. If you've listened to it for three weeks, you'll be hooked. If after three weeks you don't like it, um, email me or uh, you can tweet at me at, at Fast Brackets. You can message me on the Fast Brackets podcast page on Facebook, or you can send me an email, fastbracketsatoutlook.com. Let me know what you hate. You say, hey, Rex, I hate you. That's fine. You say, hey, I don't, I don't really like the classes. All right, that's fine. Um, but if, if you love it, if you said, hey, this is informative, I learned something, and I was somewhat entertained, then go tell somebody else who you think would like to hear it as well. We'd love to grow this thing. Stick around. We've got more interviews and information coming up on the Fast Brackets podcast. Hey, this is Rex at the Fast Brackets podcast. If you like what you hear, follow us on Twitter at Fast Brackets or like the Facebook page, the Fast Brackets podcast. You can also email us at fastbracketsatoutlook.com. Let us know, good, bad, or ugly, we're happy to listen. The Fast Brackets podcast is presented by DragRaceLawyer.com. DragRaceLawyer.com, legal help on and off the track. Ed Harney, the proprietor of DragRaceLawyer.com, has been a longtime drag racer and well-respected attorney. Use him for all your legal needs. Okay, let's get into it. Uh, in the water box, first up, Rick Schaefer, NHRA Division II Director. 
and the Sportsman Advisory Council Chairman for Top Sportsman and Top Dragster. Welcome to the show, Rich. Great to have you on. Thank you. Glad to be here. Getting ready for uh, Charlotte this weekend with the four watch. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, hey, I just wanted to take a little time to introduce you to our listeners, and maybe you could just tell them a little bit about where you're from and how you got into all this. Well, I grew up in uh, Illinois, and my dad was always involved in motorsports, and uh, gosh, between monster trucks, truck and tractor pulling, supercross, all that type of stuff. I uh, still have my first NHRA pin from when I joined as a kid. And uh, What year was that? i got to stop you. What year was that, Rich? Oh, gosh, probably uh, probably around 80, 81, I'm guessing. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was still buried in my little collection of mementos somewhere <laughs> at the house. Right. Pulled out every once in a while. You know, I used to take uh, our weekends off between truck and tractor pulling. I'd go to national events with guys named Wayne Roush and Ken Lamont and Mike Piper, all these pullers that were big drag racing fans. And, you know, sometimes we'd... Uh, well, we used to go to the U.S. Nationals and then pull an all-nighter to get to Essex Junction, Vermont, to put on the tractor pull and see if we can make it back in time for the last day of racing in Indy. It was a long weekend, but it was worth it. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah and I like to tell people I'm probably a good example of why NHRA should exist because, you know, when I was a teenager, I was out there racing on the streets, um, you know, with all my buddies on the weekends, and we should have taken it to the track, and, you know, that's uh, – Part of what I'm doing now is to try to make sure that people take it to the track instead of doing stupid things like I did growing up. <laughs> well, to be fair, where I know where you grew up, and there were plenty of straight quarter-mile roads for you to practice on without yeah, a lot a, of cross traffic. <laughs> yeah, we had a we had a pretty good little setup between Greenville and Snookwell where we had a straight shot, and one end of the street we had a, uh, a shed we could hide in if we saw cops coming, and the other end of the... <laughs> Straight away, we went through a dirt road over railroad tracks, through a cornfield, and up to the house where Dad's house was. Perfect. Perfect shutdown for you that way. Yeah, not smart, but that's what we did. <laughs> well, now you've you've taken it uh, the other direction and shown us how to do this uh, respectfully. And, and the really, um, you know, really what all of us should do and the reason for the NHRA. But uh, tell us a little bit about how you became um, the chairperson or the advisory council for top sports and top dragster? Well, we try to split it up, um, split it up among the division directors so nobody's carrying all of the, the load on their shoulders and all these committees. And uh, our top dragster, top sports one was kind of born in the Southeast. So I guess it was just kind of a natural fit that uh, the division two director would be the guy that would sit uh, on that council with those racers to try to make sure we're, you know, that the racers have a voice with us and we can try to address issues as they come up. Makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Um, so over this winter, we had a, it was kind of a big deal. We uh, raised the minimum dial from 6.0 to 6.10. Can you talk a little bit about, from an NHRA standpoint, how that came about, um, how long that's been in the works, and, and really ultimately what was the driver behind that? Yeah, you know, it, it met with a few mixed reviews. We talked to racers on and off over the over the last few years about it. And it got to a point where we could see the, especially once we introduced the national championship on it, it became not just a race on the track, but it was a race off the track to build cars that can get to that 6-0 mark. And inadvertently, you're going to have cars running under that six-second uh, index. And, you know, it's a whole different set of safety standards uh, once you go below 6-0. So we're really putting a, 
were putting the racers in a position where they had to spend a lot of money to try to shoot for that number one qualifier at six flat, or we could back it off just a little bit and give the racers a tad bit of cushion between six and six ten without them having to jump that that big number of what you're going to have to spend and change on your car to run under six zero uh, by the safety standards that are set, and they're set for they're set for a reason. So we want to follow them. That's right. Yeah, and. For the SFI standards with that, I mean, how closely involved is the NHRA um, in those SFI standards? I mean, they have much say in the difference between a, a 6.0 and um, a 6.10 or a 6.50 certification? Yeah, to, you know, to be honest with you, a lot of that stuff, I just basically do what I normally do and bounce it over to my tech guys because they explain it better than I do. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, the rule book isn't written on a guess. You know, it's written over years of watching these cars go down the track, collecting the data and having uh, quality people at SFI that actually test the standards of how to build the cages and what type of products we need to have on the cars. So, I mean, it's not a, when we make a change like that or or set a standard, it's not just a guess. Uh, There's been a lot of research that went into it uh, by guys that are a lot smarter than me. Well, (laughs) I appreciate your candor on that, but uh, that, uh, that makes a lot of sense, and I think ultimately the the racers have figured it out. And um, certainly, we nobody likes a lot of change, but I think this was at the end of the day a, a really good change, both for um, the drivers, competition wise, and and maybe um, our more importantly our friends and family and children that have to watch us make those passes. Yeah, you know, I I, I often tell a lot of racers when they're when they have a, a tech question like that and something they don't, disagree, they don't necessarily agree with, I tell them that the rule book's not always written for them. Uh, you know, we write the rule book, and I enforce the rule book based on the fact that I'm responsible to the wife, the father, the husband, the mother, the kids, the, do- the dogs at home. Whoever it is that you're expected to go home to in one piece, that's an NHRA's job is to do our best to make sure you get home to that. And that's what the rule book's really there for. And unfortunately, you know, the racers... Uh, I shouldn't say unfortunately, but we just have different views of it sometimes. You know, they look at the the rule book as a, a handicap against them. And um, I look at it as a way that I'm protecting them so I can send them home to the people that count on them to be there on Monday morning. And that's not going to change. Of course. Yeah, I think there's a, there's a healthy push and pull from the racers and sure. uh, the sanctioning body. And I, I think in this case, um, I, think the, I think we got it right. I think we got it right with this 610 uh, limit. But uh, I th- um, with that, um, we're c- certainly seeing a lot of cars um, push up against that 610, and it's been kind of fun to see that. Um, and maybe that's been partially inputted by the fact that the U.S. Nationals gets run uh, for the top sportsman, top dragster classes for the first time in 2019. Um Talk a little bit about how that came about and, and how important it is to racers from across the country. Well, it's I think it was a somewhat of a recognition thing for top sports and top drags. I'm glad we got it done. Uh, you know, they've been with us a long time. It's the elite class of bracket racing, so to speak. It's the fastest form of bracket racing out there. It's high-dollar, high-quality equipment out there. they supported us for years. We're thankful for it. And... Um, as we saw the numbers grow, we finally decided it was time to create a national championship form a few years ago. And it just seemed like the next logical step was to uh, move them to Indy, which is, you know, the crown jewel of the tour, really. So it's 
it's going to be exciting to watch. Um, they deserve to be there. I'm glad they're there. We had to pull them out of a few spots, a few events that we had them in last year to make room for it to go to Indy because you don't want to oversaturate the calendar with so many events that you don't get the car count that, that you need to support the class, and then it looks bad on the class. And there's you know, there's honestly not enough top sports and top dragster to run them at every single national event. So we took them out of a couple, put them in Indy instead to give them that uh, you know, that spot on the on the stage that they wanted. You know, we've had these guys asking us to get to Indy for a long time, and we finally got it done. But yeah, it certainly seems to have elevated the competition a little bit where you see guys that are stepping up with a lot a lot of new equipment this year because Indy's there. They want Indy, and uh, it's going to be tough to qualify, I think. I think there's a lot of guys that just, you know, they're not even going to try to register for that one because they know that bump bump spot is going to be tight going in there. It's going to be fun to watch from the tower. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really fantastic qualifying show. You want to make any predictions on what you think the bump spot's going to be for either class? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what the number is going to be. I just know that it's bad fast. I mean, first of all, just Division three has been historically pretty quick. And then, um, you know, you, you throw in the fact that it's the first ever U.S. Nationals. And right. it's going to get the big pulleys. It's going to get the extra kit. And it uh, should be an absolute blast to watch. Yeah, I mean, it's, there's only one guy that – you know, one guy in the class who gets to say he won the 50th anniversary Gator Nationals. There's only one guy that gets to say he was the first ever NHRA world champion in those classes. And now there's only going to be one guy who gets to say he won the first time they went to Indy. You know, that's something big to shoot for that goes in the archives. Yeah, no question. I, I think that is going to be an absolute dogfight. Um, well, uh, Rich, we, we appreciate you coming on. Um, you are certainly, you're the first interview ever on, the Fast Brackets podcast. So uh, appreciate you coming on, giving a little bit of insight from the NHRA standpoint. Um, you're certainly welcome to come on anytime. Just uh, let me know, and happy to have you back. Well, I'm. Uh, it, it's hard to get me to stop talking once you have to make the opportunity <laughs> for me to start talking. So anytime you need some dead air filled, I'll be there for you. No, I really appreciate it. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely have you back on at some point during the season. All right. Thank you. Okay. Thanks for having me on. Thanks. That was Rich Schaefer, the NHRA Division II Director, the Sportsman Advisory Council Chairman for Top Sportsman and Top Dragster. Uh, Rich got nice on us right there, so uh, really appreciate him coming on. Um, up next, it'll be In the Beams with our Kellen Farmer in the driving interview. Okay, next up, we're in the beams with Kellen Farmer from Racetech Race Cars. Kellen is the first PDRA Elite Top Dragster winner of the season. Um, Kellen, welcome to the show. Welcome to In the Beams. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, Rex. Thanks for having me. Yeah, um, thanks for coming on. So you yeah, are man. the first driver um, driver interview that we've had on the show. And that's pretty appropriate because I understand that uh, this is the first time the car was out and you won the first race. A lot, a lot of firsts going on here with you, man. <laughs> Colin's the first, man. Yeah, it was our uh, 
we've been building this car for a little while, and it's our first time taking it out. We did a little bit of shakedown passes at Piedmont, and that's its first event. It's my first event in top drags here. My first time going in the threes. A lot of firsts. <laughs> I love it. Like, um, yeah. Man, you're you uh, you're doing this like a no problem. Like, yeah, I got this. Uh, first time out, we'll just – this is how it's always going to work out, right? Um, uh, yeah, I hope that's all how it always works out. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Um, well, hey, tell our listeners a little bit about your background growing up in the sport and um, your your first driving experience. And what, when was the first time you got behind the wheel in a, in a drag strip? Well, it's uh, – I'm no stranger to a racetrack. You know, my dad started race tech in uh, um, 1988. So, you know, I've, I've only been alive since 93. <laughs> I'm 26 years old. So uh, we've been in business now for 31 years, and I've grown up at a racetrack pretty much my entire life. Um, my first time uh, staging a car was in a junior dragster when I was 10 years old. And, you know, I, we messed around with juniors for a while, just running points races at Piedmont. And uh, it's actually, you know, a couple of funny stories of that is uh, my dad was really busy with uh, pro mod racing and big dog racing at Piedmont and all around starting to run the ADRL series. And, you know, Travis was running big money bracket races as well, and they were traveling. So my dad actually had paired me up with uh, – a uh, family around here called the Listers, and I ran with Grace and Lister, and we both were junior drag race together. So my first race win, my nobody from my family is even there. I'm, I've got a random <laughs> picture of you know me in the shop with a random family and my junior dragster with my first race win. You know, so that's a funny story associated with that. And that was probably yeah, I'm driving. Yeah, was did you have a cell phone back then or was the, like the car ride home was that uh pretty big deal? I I didn't have a cell phone. Uh Grayson's dad had a cell phone, so I was able to give him a call whenever I was going to the finals. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, we were we were having a good time. That's you know? great. Well, from there you've progressed uh pretty well. I mean, you've had um some really nice wins i think last year um didn't you win a race at the spring fling last year yeah i won the uh opener the opening race of the galat fling which is actually coming up this year in two weeks okay uh the galat spring fling event i won the 15 grand opener so that was shoot that was big for me i had hardly won anything since and shoot (laughs) Well, Kellen, that's, I'm more proud of that win than about anything. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a heck of a win. That's a heck of a win, yeah. and, and uh, something certainly be proud of. And you've already, at a young age, really cemented yourself as somebody to be reckoned with. So, uh, congrats on that. Um, well, tell well, me you. tell me a little bit about um, how this PDRA race shook out. So, did you know going in that um, you were going to try to qualify in the elite category? Or did you know? Yeah, that was the goal. I was, I was dead set. You know, we're gonna we're gonna be we're gonna go fast, and we're gonna be in the top sixteen. You know, and after uh, qualifying, I was a little shaken with how fast the field was because I only ended up qualifying fourteenth. And you know, uh, it was actually really funny. My second qualifying pass, I'm rolling in the beams and I'm looking at the scoreboard to see what the bump is, and the bump is my first qualifying <laughs> run. <laughs> so. It was 4.06 was the bump, and that was my first qualifying run. And then 
I qualified with a 398 pass. So that put me at 14th. And that was your first time in the threes? Uh, That was actually – that was my first time in an event in the threes. Uh, We did do some testing, and I ran a 396 testing. Okay. Piedmont. So So, that was my first official time in the threes. (laughs) So you ran a 398, and that qualified you 14th. Yes. It is a ridiculously fast field. Buckle up. And then and then yeah. so you qualify and you're like, All right, I'm in the show. Um yep. and then so then you uh first round, who'd you have? I had Chaz Silence and Chaz Silence is last year's champion, so I've gotta be honest. I don't know, Chaz, if you're listening, I was a little shaken, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little shaken. I was like, Man, dang. <laughs> right. Buckle well, up, uh, right? Your first event in uh yeah, you know, Sheesh. Throw me to the wolves, but I mean, shoot, if I can beat the best, I can, you know, I, I can make it to the end, you know. So, uh, the first, the first round against Chaz, I, I'll tell you, man, that was my lucky round. They say anytime you win a, a drag race, you get one lucky round. That was my lucky round. I, uh, it was at night, and the car just made a lot of power in the in the air. The air was so good, and we we shook so hard off the line. Uh, and then it just kind of drove through the shake, and, you know, we made a clean pass after that, but I ran a 405, I think, on a 397 dial-in. But Chaz m- missed the tree pretty bad, and and it, it just – it's still – my package was still better. You, you got away with it. it was just, I got away with it, yeah. <laughs> well, that I was – I think I shook a couple teeth out, but, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> But, I mean, you see that bulb come on, and all is right in the world at that point. That's right. You know, I, I felt good. And then, you know, we had to stay the night. Because they were supposed to – they had to postpone the race because of some rain. So, we had to stay and finish the rest of the race the next day. But, um, you know, the second round I had uh, Creaseman. I had uh, John Creaseman, I believe. Yep. And he – uh. I ran. I was 13 on the tree, dead on with a six, dialing a four flat. So you know that was that was really good to see. Just seeing it all come together, you know, running dead on the dial in. I'm not doing too bad on the tree, so it was really nice, you know. Uh, next round, we ran a little bit off the dial in the uh, semifinals, but you know, my I took double five stripe for the win. So, still looking good. And then in the finals, uh, my guy went red against me. So, that was that. <laughs> that's, that's the best you know? thing, right, When uh, in the finals. And uh, that way your heart can stay in your chest just a little bit. <laughs> that's right, man. Let go of the button and get on down and you see your wind light come on. That's no exactly better feeling. <laughs> so, you come out, you're, uh, you're like, hey, let's try this PDRA stuff. And, bam, qualify in the, the elite uh group and then win your first race ever man that is that is awesome stuff yeah yeah man it was great and i'll be honest i i didn't really expect much you know i I knew i was in a new car first time out we hadn't even really got it figured out you know uh just them boys better get ready because once we get a little knowledge on this thing <laughs> we're gonna be deadly <laughs> well so yeah walk yeah. us why don't you do that so walk us through your um your your car a little bit so 
let's start with the chassis. I mean, obviously you guys build it at Racetech, but yeah, right. walk, walk us through that just a little bit. Well, this car is our 250-inch carbon body top dragster setup. Um, it's got a full carbon body, dual shock suspension, Penske shocks. A really special thing about this car is it is a wishbone car. Yes, it's not an excellent really? car. We built a wishbone car, yes. Okay. We put the wishbone back in the dragster. My dad swears up and down he can change a four-link setup faster with a wishbone than anything else. Okay, <laughs> so all right. That's what he wanted. <laughs> okay. Um, it, has, uh, it has strange engineering's new – it has their new uh, – at the time, it was an experimental rear-end housing. Now they've actually officially launched it, and it is a line item. And I have the very first housing off their line to test. And uh, you can see it's their uh, – it's their – Is that a floater? floater 9-inch. Yes, okay. their Draxer floater 9-inch modular. Okay. Four-link rear-end Okay. is what they call it. So you <laughs> tested it. It obviously works. I mean, you wouldn't be hosting yeah, the trophy oh, yeah. if not. But uh, but they've oh, rolled that yeah. out now. Yes, yes, yes. You can buy it from Strange Engineering or from a dealer. Okay. All yeah, right. From well, us. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Well, that's cool. So uh, the 250 inch carbon fiber body, and then uh, what are you using to power that thing? We have a 665 all aluminum engine. Uh, 12-degree heads, going to an FTI transmission, got a Greg, Greg Slack converter in there, uh, running two stages of nitrous, both on progressors, big stages of nitrous. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the yeah. powerhouse. Yeah, welcome to the show, right? 665, yeah. two kits, and you qualify 14th. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's crazy, man. I, I really thought I'd be getting, you know, at least to the middle of the field. I knew there were some blower guys out there, but man, <laughs> that field is fast. Yes. Yeah. Well, that, uh, well, yeah. you figured it out. You obviously figured it out. So now that you win the first race of the PDRA, what, uh, what, what's next for you? Do you chase points or do you have something local you're going to hit? What, uh, what's the next thing for the rest of the season? Well, I got to tell you, me and my dad were talking at the beginning, and we, we were like, you know, we're, the goal is just hit a couple races. Uh, let's get our race tech name out there and show that we can go fast, and then, you know, that's it. But now that I won the first race and I'm the points leader, it's, I mean, I'm going to defend being the points leader, so I, you can expect me at every PDRA race now. <laughs> I like it. All <laughs> right. The season. Well, good. Well, uh, we're certainly yeah. going to follow you. We, um, you know, we, we wish you well on that uh, points chase. What uh, what's next yeah. then um, outside of racing? What uh, you you work at the shop? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I'm the uh, production manager at Race Tech. I handle pretty much any project that comes in the door. My job is to use all of our resources to get it out of the door. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so all that that entails. <laughs> you know, it's a broad job. Um, but pretty much a couple new things we have that you we're we're kind of in the early stages of developing these new line items and we're calling it we don't really have a good face for it yet but it's we're calling it the do it yourself parts line 
Okay. And essentially it's going to be along the lines of, you know, pedal rod kits, wheelie bar kits, roll cage kits, things with like pre-notched tubing that you can weld together that, you know, somebody who just likes doing projects in their backyard or, or, you know, they just, they don't want to go buy someone else's stuff. They want to take something and just kind of make it for themselves. Right. You know, it's kind of going towards that side of things. That's something new we have going on. That's kind of a little bit, a little bit different, you know? So I think we'll uh, have some pretty good products in that line. So just keep a lookout for that. Yeah. Show up before too much longer. Yeah. Well, we certainly will. Um, Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, we're, we're definitely going to follow you throughout the season. Um, obviously, you're at the top of the points race right now. And so, uh, you know, we're, we're going to have you come on probably again. I mean, Kellen, you were strong today. Strong. And uh, we don't do this for everybody, but since you're the first one, we're going to give you a podcast tag. Just like the SFI gives a certification tag, we're going to give you go ahead and give you a podcast certification tag. So that means you can come on the show anytime you like. So appreciate my man coming on. And, uh, you know, come on back down the rest of the season. Uh, keep us posted on how things are going and uh, wish you lots of wind lights. Yes, sir, man. I appreciate it. You know, I, I, you can bet I'll be back. Hopefully I'll be back uh, with a championship under my belt. We'll see how it goes. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Well, thanks so much. Guys, that was Kellen Farmer from Racetech Race Cars, um, the first PDRA Elite Top Dragster winner for 2019. Welcome back to the Fast Brackets Podcast. It's time now for our half-track report, where we cover uh, point standings and recent updates to events and upcoming events in the NHRA, PDRA, and Midwest Pro Mod. So first of all, on a national level, we can't even start without talking about top sports and top dragster in NHRA. Bart Smith wins two right out of the gate, so he's sitting on top of the point standings um, as well he should with those two wins. Um, certainly lots of time left in the season, but uh, he, he started out taking the lead and certainly the guy to catch uh, from here on out. Sandy Wilkins right behind him. Douglas Krumlich. Sorry, I'm going to maybe mispronounce some of these guys' names. I'll get it right uh, later on. Um, Richard Okerman and then Ed Olpen, um, we got to talk about Ed just a minute here. Ed is in the top six nationally in points in both top dragster and top sportsman. So we will certainly attempt to get Ed on um, as the season progresses and see about uh, how he manages that feat and uh, see how see how the rest of his season uh, shakes out. On the top dragster side. Ross Laris does essentially the same thing as Bart Smith, wins too early and is way out in front. Um, Aaron Stanfield will uh, is right behind him, had a chance to take the lead there in a the final. They ran um, in Houston here recently. Um, Wayne Landry, Anthony Bertozzi, and Carson Brown are all right in the top five. So, you know, we've got some 
very strong competitors right out of the gate, and those guys have taken the lead, so certainly worth tracking uh, early on in the season. Um, on the PDRA side and the Midwest Pro Mod side, there's only been one event so far, um, but on the PDRA Top Sportsman Elite, it was Ken Ellison over Jeremy Christman in the final. So Ken is leading the point standings there. Brett Nesbitt and Travis Hart- Harvey actually had really good showings as well and uh, went to the semis there. So we will follow them as the season goes on. We'll see if if Ken can hold his lead. Um, additionally, on the top dragster elite side, and we'll have Kellen Farmer on later, uh, to talk about his event win, but he he wins over Robert Pickens in the final. Um, Jody Stroud and Kathy Fisher had semifinals, and my guess is that Chaz Salance ends up uh, competing at some point during the season. He was number one last year for a reason, and we expect him to make a run as well. But uh, excited to have Kellen on later just to talk us through um, the event, how it shook down for him, and... Um, you know, what, what the rest of the season holds for him. Um, PDRA, as you know, they do an interesting thing. They they divide top sports and top dragster into two separate categories. So so we're going to follow both of those. Um, the first 16 are the elite groups. They qualify 16. Um, after that, then they qualify the next 32. So that is their um, top sportsman, top dragster, quick 32. On the top sportsman side, Dave Miller he wins um, at Galat, so he's in the early lead. Um, Aaron Robs, Aaron Roberts got it done on the top dragster side. So um, we will see if either one of those guys chase points this season, and uh, we'll follow and see how that shakes out. But the, the PDRA has a, a little bit different program, so we will we'll talk both about the top sportsman and top dragster elite division and their quick 32 grouping, which um, – we will follow up in another podcast later on this season, but I'm really interested to see how that shakes out because it is tending to that. That may be the way of the future. I'm not going to get too far ahead of myself, and I'm certainly not into making predictions, but uh, it's something we're going to follow a little bit and see how it all shakes down. Um, Midwest Pro Mod then, um, they have had one event um, in in Texas. They uh, were in the top sportsman side, Earl Fulce, beat Bob Galitti um, in Dallas. And so Earl is in the lead, obviously, there. Um, I would guess that Mick Snyder ends up making a run at this thing at some point. Very qualified driver hit the semis there. And uh, I would guess he makes a run at some point to uh, give Earl Fulson and Bob Galetti their a run for their money on that. So we'll, we'll see how that shakes out, and we'll follow that. Um on the top dragster side, um, Wynette Hudkins was victorious over David Johns. Um, again, they they run – the Midwest Pro Mod runs this weekend in St. Louis, and I'm guessing uh, Jimmy Sokovich has something to say at the end of the season about who ultimately becomes the champion in top dragster side for the Midwest Pro Mod. So that is a very – quick overview of where we stand today like i said it's it's late april certainly certain divisions have gotten farther down the the path in their divisional championships um, than others certainly the division three and nhra hasn't 
had a divisional race yet. So, so th- that stuff is going to shake out down the line, and we'll do a, uh, go into a little bit more detail on how some of these events um, played out as our season goes along. But for now, um, that's where the national event standings uh, stand for NHRA, Top Sportsman, Top Dragster, PDRA, Top Sportsman, Top Dragster, Elite, and their Quick 32, and then the Midwest Pro Mod Series uh, on the Top Sportsman and Top Dragster side. So uh, each week we'll, we'll dive into an event and uh, give you some detail on how those events shook out and then preview the next event coming up. But, uh, for today, that's where we stand. That is ground zero, per se, for uh, the podcast, and off we go from here. This is Rex Simmermaker for The Fast Brackets Podcast. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Rex at The Fast Brackets Podcast. If you like what you hear, follow us on Twitter, at Fast Brackets or like the Facebook page, The Fast Brackets Podcast. You can also email us at fastbracketsatoutlook.com. Let us know, good, bad, or ugly, we're happy to listen. The Fast Brackets Podcast is presented by dragracelawyer.com. Dragracelawyer.com, legal help on and off the track. Ed Harney, the proprietor of dragracelawyer.com, has been a longtime drag racer and well-respected attorney. Use him for all your legal needs. Welcome back to the Fast Brackets Podcast. Um, We're going to get out of the groove here just a little bit, so... What happened recently was the Spring Fling Million Dollar event just wrapped up, and uh, we got we got to give it to Peeps Pennington for getting down for three hundred and seventy five grand. Um, certainly, um, that is what is hot in the world of drag racing right now. I mean, I can't even imagine the feeling of staging up for that amount of money. But uh, give him credit, and on on top of that. Um, I think it's a little bit of precursor to where the sport is going. Um, so Peeps is down to 477 um, in the final round of the million, and um, and he's going up against a dragster that is down to 440. So as a whole, obviously, we know this thing is getting faster and faster, but uh, I think if you would have told me a roadster was dialed 470s, won the million five years ago. I don't know that I would believe you of that. So congrats to Peeps. Um, listen, I would give you some hype, man, but uh, you got the cash, so you do not need any hype anymore. So uh, congrats, and uh, um, we'll get it back in the groove with Top Sportsman and Top Dragster. Next. Hey, this is Rex at the Fast Brackets Podcast. If you like what you hear, Follow us on Twitter, at Fast Brackets, or like the Facebook page, The Fast Brackets Podcast. You can also email us at fastbracketsatoutlook.com. Let us know, good, bad, or ugly, we're happy to listen. The Fast Brackets Podcast is presented by DragRaceLawyer.com. 
DragRaceLawyer.com, legal help on and off the track. Ed Harney, the proprietor of DragRaceLawyer.com, has been a longtime drag racer and well-respected attorney. Use him for all your legal needs. We've got it back in the groove, and uh, we're going to hit the mile per hour cone now. Um, typically, we would have a manufacturer on um, to highlight a new product segment or uh, something along those lines, uh, maybe a tech um, information. That being said, today, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about who I am and how I get to host the Fast Brackets podcast. So just uh, real quickly, I will tell you that uh, – um, I was raised in Southern Illinois. Uh, my dad had a 67 Camaro that I grew up helping uh, him wrench on, mostly hand him wrenches. Um, and we grew up uh, going to Indianapolis two times a year for the Super Chevy Show and then the U.S. Nationals. So I was uh, familiar with uh, Camaros and Indianapolis all growing up. Um, I will tell you that um, with that car, my dad owns that car. He's owned it longer than I've been alive. So um, I think he scans the room. If anybody asks him which one he loves more, me or the car, and rightfully so. I mean, the car's given him less headaches over the years, right? So, um, but uh, that that car, I ultimately bracket race today and, um, and do so here from Indianapolis. So um, I, but in high school, I was fortunate. Uh, I was a decent athlete. Um, I went on to get to coach and then um, or play and then coach college basketball. And I did that for several years um, at the University of Evansville, which I will affectionately refer to as God's country. You can't tell me different. Uh, but um, that, was, that was four really good years there. And then um, as that career kind of came to an end, and then I got divorced. My dad looked at me and I think very politely said, uh, get your butt in the car. And um, that's what I've done since then. And to his credit, it was uh, he was smart enough to tell me it would, this is a lifelong sport. And as I get in my 40s and uh, my knees fall apart and my ankles hurt and my back and hips hurt and I can't play basketball at the level that I once could, um, competing in this sport has been very, very good for my mental capabilities. And, um, and, uh, it's been really good for me. So, uh, it's kind of how I came to the passion of drag racing and, and following these classes in particular. Um, I live in Indianapolis. I'm very, very close to the track. Um, I can hear when any car goes down the track from my living room, whether the windows are open or not. And, um, so that it uh, helps me. It was where I was comfortable when I when I went to buy a house. Um, we are broadcasting today from downtown Indianapolis in the, in the on the Circle. If you've ever been downtown Indianapolis, on the Circle, uh, it is the heart of the racing capital of the world. And um, alongside of me is producer Rob. I had very high concerns about the production level of this thing, and 
producer Rob is going to handle that for us so that if nothing else, if uh, you hate the sound of my voice, it will not be because our equipment is bad. It will be just because <laughs> there's probably something worth hating about that. So, guys, girls, I am going to try to keep this thing to about an hour every every episode, every week. Um, if you're like me, um, doing whatever you do, if you're uh, cleaning the shop, mowing the yard, getting on the road to go to the next race, and you've heard enough ACDC to last you for a while, um, no offense to ACDC, but if you've heard enough and you're wanting to get tuned in to the top sportsman, top dragster categories, um, we're going to give you about um, an hour of that on a weekly basis. If you're like me and you've got a 20-minute ride into work and you listen to all your podcasts at time and a half, then there you go, 20 minutes in, 20 minutes out, and that's your day. And I am hopeful that it is informative and entertaining at the same time. So, guys, if it was bad, tell me. Um, if you liked it, tell somebody else. And you can do that by following us at Fast Brackets on Twitter, liking the Fast Brackets podcast page on Facebook, or sending in me an email at fastbrackets at outlook.com. Okay, that's our show. Thanks for tuning in. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Keep the rubber side down and travel safe. The Fast Brackets podcast is presented by DragRaceLawyer.com. DragRaceLawyer.com, legal help on and off the track. Ed Harney has been a long-time drag racer and a skilled legal professional. Use him for all your legal needs. Hey, this is Rex at the Fast Brackets podcast. If you like what you hear, follow us on Twitter at Fast Brackets or like the Facebook page, The Fast Brackets Podcast. You can also email us at fastbracketsoutlook.com. Let us know, good, bad, or ugly, we're happy to listen. Hey, man. How'd you think it went? Good, good. Yeah, man. Um, those interviews are great. Uh, obviously, this isn't my day job, but uh, I'll get better. Yeah, dude. I mean, you don't suck too bad. <laughs> I mean, Let's I've hope. worked with people that suck a lot more than you. Okay. With right. more experience. That's good to know. <laughs> I learned a lot, man. I mean, this is new for me. I, I learned a lot. I think these guests are fascinating people. They've been great. They were fantastic, really. They truly were. Both of them, and uh, I appreciate both of them coming on early. What do you think was the worst part of the show today? Good Lord, man. I had to talk about roadsters. I had to give peeps props for winning uh, the million with the roadster. I swear to you, I thought I would do this whole show and never have to mention a roadster ever. And I had to do it on show one. So, yeah, that that bothered me a little bit. But uh, other than that, it was really, really good. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I mean, in fairness, I mean, you were so bad last week that I feel like this week you got much better. So that means episode two will be awesome. Precisely.